My name is CK Lin. Welcome to Noble Warrior. This is the place where we talk about what it takes to be purpose-driven entrepreneurs, start purpose-driven organizations, and help you optimize your entrepreneurial journey. Today's guest is Philip Folsom. He's an anthropologist, cultural development expert, veteran, and CEO of Wolf Tribe. We cover many topics in the next 90 minutes, from his origin story of overcoming his own wounds and addictions to discovering his unique path and gifts to share with individuals and companies. We talked about the difference between legit and illegitimate suffering. We talked about the seasonality of our lives, when to expand opportunities and learnings and when to limit opportunities and learnings. We talked about the difference between being a prince who's all about self-serving, and being a king, who's all about other-serving. We talked about how to hire eight players based on competency and warmth. Finally, we talked about the three master maps Philip has collected over the years to help guide individuals and companies to navigate their hero's journey. I'm really excited today to have my friend Philip Folsom, president and CEO of the Folsom program. Wolf Tribe. Wolf Tribe. Yeah. Yep. He's an anthropologist. He helps uh, companies really enhance their uh, corporate culture as well as individual culture. And it's one of those things I'm really excited to actually drop in with Philip. Thanks so much for being on the show, Philip. It's a pleasure. It's fun. So why don't I actually start off just a little bit of your background. What got you to where you are today? Why did you choose to start Wolf Tribe and the Philip Folsom programs. My origin story is the, you know, the source of what I'm good at. And it's, it's, the, um, it's the mine that I dig for gold. And it's, that's true for all of us, is that we, um, we have to be able to have gone into the woods if we're going to be able to have pulled out any efficacy, skill set, perspective, um, any of those those pieces, and, and Nietzsche said, if your if your branches reach to heaven, then your roots reach to hell. Mm. And those of us who have had some trauma in our backstory, um, that has led us to whatever has driven us forward. And so some of my very favorite people are drug addicts and combat veterans and people with checkered pasts. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the, the shadow that Jung talks about that has to be integrated. Mm. And if we, if we don't understand the, the impact of that shadow, then we, we end up just calling our life fate. And it's, and it's, and it's not mm. like we are, we are um, not just a, a passenger mm-hmm. on this vehicle that's traveling forward. We're, in many ways, we're actually shaping our reality by the, by the habits that we have established mm-hmm. and our, our personal habits, the, the collection of those is a nice definition of character. Mm. It is all of our, you know, aggregate of our personal habits mm. and our collective habits as a group of people can be defined as our culture. Mm-hmm. And so my, my work is to be able to illuminate 
what individual habits people have mm -hmm. and then be able to get some access to what is and then have a vision uh, journey about what's available, what we want, and then find a way to connect those, that line. And so <clears throat> my larger perspective on that was I, I grew up poor. I grew up, uh, you know, without a dad. I grew up without any guidance. And so I settled back to my um, path of re least resistance, which is going to be true for any animal. We will always take the path of least resistance. And so when we look at uh, the habits that we've all established, those habits are not built for growth. They're not built for idealism or for service or for anything that's um, uplifting. Habits are only defined by, is it efficient? That's why habits exist. And, mm. and so there's a large distinction between habits, which are automatic and efficient, and then practices, which are intentional and always hard. Mm. And so the ability to um, recognize what we're doing from a purely limbic animal perspective, and then realize we can, we can do more. We're also divine in the sense that we have free will. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that access to choice is really a function of awareness. So what you and I both do is we level up our awareness of the people around us, which then opens the door to being to intentional behavior. Mm. And that's true on an individual level, which is leadership or in a collective level, which is culture development. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I do. So my, my, my journey from dysfunction and poverty and um, addiction mm -hmm. led me to a, a lot of, you know, it was survival. You know, my, my, my growth process was a survival mechanism. I had to at some point get sober. And at some point I had to start addressing my, my isolation issues and, you know, a whole slew of other maladaptive kind of, you know, character flaws. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, what I discovered on that path was you know, uh, the modalities that I use now with my clients and that's Zen archery and vision quests and programs with horses and wolves, um, outdoor adventure activities like, you know, rappelling and climbing and other, other things that were effective for me. Um, those were, you know, and this, and we growth always starts from a self-serving place that it needs to, um, at some point heal ourselves and the transition the, the transition from healing ourselves which is an adolescent psychology to needing to heal others mm. that's a mature psychology and mm. it's the difference between a prince and a king mm. princes are um, need things for themselves and in the case of social media now it's i need followers i need attention i need validation i need permission and that's all uh, an absolutely vital phase that humans all go through. I need immediate um, success. I need my to hit my bottom line. I need money. And like, there's a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. has to happen. Maslow would call that your your basic needs. Mm -hmm. And 
if you don't address those basic needs, then you don't get to play at the next echelon of behavior, which is ultimately the ability to um, move towards a self-actualization or the ability to serve others. Mm. So when I started leveling up my own journey and my own self, I was uh, one of the, the pieces of, of absolute uh, indispensable gold that I discovered is that I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the one that I wasn't the only one that had insecurities and felt inadequate and was afraid. And that is a universal condition. It is. And I was hiding it. And I was afraid of terrified of being found out that mm. people were going to see me as inadequate. Mm. Which is kind of the definition of shame therapeutically. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that humanity was struggling with all of these issues, and it wasn't just me, that, that was a game-changing... Um, How long ago was this? That was probably 30 years ago. Wow. And, um, and, as, and so I, I eventually got dropped into a leadership um, industry because it was a way for me to continue my own personal growth while at the same time making a living. Mm-hmm. And... Um, moving into providing some sort of service. And I wouldn't have called it that at that point. It was the fact that if I was able to guide people on trips, if I was able to be a facilitator on a ropes course, if I was able to you know, work in this field, then I could continue healing myself and leveling my operating system up so that I was a functional human. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I was realizing now that, wow, I can, I can actually provide value to the world. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something that was even on my radar as a young man. Mm -hmm. And I think it's... Was there a singular moment where you felt like, wow, this is something that I'm really good at and this is something that's very valuable to my prospective clients? Was there a moment? Um, That's a good question. Was there ever a moment? This sounds kind of messianic and... What does that mean? Messianic means um, the, like a messiah, mm-hmm. somebody who can who can change like the world. Like a savior, yes. complex kind of a thing. Um, and but I've always known that I had a destiny, mm. and it was that was a, a secret thing mm-hmm. because I um, to be able to actually say that in the world, and I even apologize for it right now when I said this sounds must you know that mm-hmm. that is a preemptive strike to say please don't judge me mm-hmm. for having a purpose, mm-hmm. having a destiny. Mm-hmm. But I've always known it. And I, I think if anybody listening now, really ask yourself, you know, do you have a purpose? Are you special? Mm-hmm. Do you have a unique thing? Mm-hmm. Somewhere inside you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. And I, I, most people that I find, if they really rummage around when, when they were a young man or a young woman, there was a period of time where you knew you were special and you knew you were being carried and you knew you had a purpose. So let me actually ask you a little bit deeper on that note, because let's say part of the human development journey is you need to face your shadow, your demon, whatever you call it, that even in spite of those moments, you still felt that that hey, I have something to offer, I have something to give during yeah. those times. And, and I, I knew that I, that I was being carried. Mm. I've, and I've always known that. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, we, it's very hard to see that in the moment. Like we, we look 
back at experiences and eras of our life and with the the 2020 vision of reflection we're able to see how the the path that we were on was perfect mm. and and it has been mm-hmm. it, it really has been um a divine divinely guided journey for me mm-hmm. of meeting the right people of uh being destroyed mm-hmm. periodically which is what we all have to do mm-hmm. if we're going to ever if we're going to level up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's an ongoing that's an ongoing piece there are pieces of us that have to die over and over and over so that the new version is created mm-hmm. and that's never fun and usually and when i was a, a younger man the those um you know and and joseph campbell says that without crucifixion there is no resurrection mm-hmm. So we have to die. Mm-hmm. The phoenix has to burn. Mm-hmm. And when you don't see that repeated pattern and we don't have an understanding of the mythological hero's journey of those endless deaths, then they feel like literal deaths. Mm-hmm. And they're overwhelming and we we feel that there's a fatality mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big things that I, that I offer clients and has been invaluable myself is that I now know the um, inescapable sequential cycle of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And I know what comes after it. Mm-hmm. I know there is a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm more, I'm more easily able to surrender into um, the shadow mm-hmm. and not resist it. Mm-hmm. Resistance is the source of suffering. Mm-hmm. And, if we don't have judgment about that, the, the death that we're in the middle of, mm-hmm. then it's just clean. It's just pain. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's hard, mm-hmm. but it's clean. Mm-hmm. And the Buddhists would call that um, legitimate suffering. Mm-hmm. The world is filled with legitimate suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the illegitimate suffering, which is the stuff we bring on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be here. I'm going through this dark night of the soul. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. Let me get out as soon as it, as and, possible. And then let me do a bunch of maladaptive things to mm-hmm. try to numb mm. my journey. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm going to um, drink and eat ice cream and watch porn and like all of these um, uh, attempts to numb our, our, our journey through mm-hmm. the abyss mm-hmm. are the things that cause us ultimately way more suffering. Mm-hmm. And the Buddhists call that illegitimate suffering. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my personal work is removing the illegitimate suffering. Mm-hmm. And that comes from exploring what are my habits and mm-hmm. how do I create practices that mm-hmm. are more resilient and more um, altruistic and aspirational and get me through um, the transformations that I am ultimately going to have to go through. So let me actually pause on that just for a moment, because let's say someone is going through the dark night of the soul right now. Mm-hmm. They're in the legitimate suffering phase. And they maybe they're a lot of lost. Maybe they are using these mechanisms, mm-hmm. these numbing mechanisms, the porn, the Netflix, the chocolate, the ice cream, all yeah. that stuff, the eating, the drinking, everything, right? What would you say to them? Like, hey, this is normal. And what should they do? Yeah. Um, the big one, and I'm going to quote one of my really good friends, um, Joshua Wenner, and he's, uh, does great grief processing and, and trauma work. And he, 
uh, kind of breaks down the analogy of when we're going through those painful things, sometimes they're small. They're small little transitions that once we go through, they leave no mark. Mm-hmm. And then you have big transitions, which mm-hmm. leave a scar. Mm-hmm. And that scar will be with you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like and, what? Um, if it was a, a bad, really bad relationship Mm-mm-mm-mm. and you... A lawsuit. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, it could be yeah. a lawsuit. It could mm-hmm. be, um, you know, some uh, betrayal. Mm-hmm. Like there's some stuff that is going to leave a scar forever. Mm-hmm. And we have to acknowledge that instead mm-hmm. of having... Now, it, uh, if we judge that scar, mm-hmm. now, oh, look at me, this big scar, how embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I'm less than. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's shame. Mm. It mean and shame is interpersonal. It means you see my scar, and now you think that I'm less than or inadequate mm-hmm. or somehow weak or failure. Mm-hmm. And that shame is something that I cannot discharge unless I can be um, open and transparent with you, mm-hmm. and and then have you um, hear my story, mm-hmm. which dissolves my shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly when you say me too. Mm-hmm. I also have a scar. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden we've healed each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the big wounds. Mm-hmm. These are amputations mm-hmm. and they do not heal. Like what? Um, for me growing up poor, mm-hmm. that may be something that is, it, it, you know, and I, and I quit all the things I started when I was a young man. Mm-hmm. I, was a failure. You know, I'm making air quotes right now. Right. I was a failure. Mm-hmm. These things are echoes um, with me. The rest, I will always have that limp, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. I will never be enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much I achieve in this life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how many vehicles I have, how nice of a house I have, how much validation I receive of what a powerful, successful, important man you are, Philip. Mm-hmm. That's never going to be enough for me. Mm-hmm. So that's an amputation. Mm-hmm. That's what they call a core wound. Mm-hmm. And it's not going away. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of our, or my my response to that initially was, I want to hide that. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to see that amputation mm-hmm. or, or that deep scar. Mm-hmm. And the truth of that amputation is that that's the source of all of my genius. Yeah. It's the source of all of my gold. Right. And uh, it's also the source of my undoing if I don't honor it. Mm. So if I um, try to shove it in the, in the closet, if I try to keep it in the dark, mm-hmm. then what happens is uh, I'm going to step on it at night. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out at some point. And Freud has a, a theory of hydraulics, which means everything that you, you don't express everything you force down Mm -hmm. is coming squirting out in some high pressure maladaptive Mm -hmm. dysfunctional way Mm -hmm. it's like the beach ball you try to just press the beach ball yeah all your might yeah once you don't pay attention to it it's going to come out somewhere or it blows up yeah so with with uh, a a lot of our shadow we we can honor it we can um that's if you've ever read iron john this is um one of the classic books of uh, at the very core of traditional men's work, mm-hmm. Iron John by Robert Bly. Mm-hmm. 
And the subtitle is a book about men. Mm-hmm. So the, the core wound is the wild man mm-hmm. in, in many ways. It's your authenticity. It's your truth. It's your, it's your darkness. It's your untamed, um, slightly embarrassing, but incredibly powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And I need to have that in front of me. I need to have it sitting next to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I ha- so I, I make a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. For my wound and my shadow and my my amputation and my wild man, like I want those all to be part of my journey, as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to hide and dismiss and and rise above, because mm-hmm. it's not going away. Mm-hmm. And most of our pain, particularly in the culture we live now with chronic stress and and overwhelm, and um, you know, we're embedded in a pride based culture, which is not making us very happy. Mm-hmm. That's not going away. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn to um, love it and be gentle with it and use it um, and honor it. And that's, uh, that's a big portion of kind of my core wound pieces is mm-hmm. I do, I feel an inadequate a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that does, it, it gets me to the gym. It mm-hmm. makes me want to serve. Mm-hmm. It um, allows me the empathy Mm-hmm. to connect with other people who have that same core wound. Mm-hmm. And I would bench, and I, I'm going to propose that everyone listening has that, has that pain of I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, in fact, the, the, the word compassion mm-hmm. means to suffer with mm-hmm. passion is, is not um, just excitement. Mm-hmm. Passion is to suffer. Mm-hmm. Like the, the passion of the Christ is the crucifixion. So, Compassion, there's a plane going over. Um, compassion is the ability to suffer with another person. Mm-hmm. And so understanding and making peace and integrating my shadow, and, and that's an on, I mean, I'm not done with that. It's a human journey. Yeah. You're not, you're never done. Correct. Until you yeah. breathe your last breath. And it'll happen. I, I will be going through another cycle at some point. Yeah. And, that continues. Thanks for sharing that. So just a little quick recap. So the, for those of you listening, what Philip said, it was very, very profound. And then I want to underline some of the things that he said. So the, for the smaller wounds, make sure you have your, uh, your daily rituals that energizes you, right? Make sure that you can actually function in spite of going through a dark night of the soul phase. But for the core wounds, make sure that that's not something that you suppress, you hide, that you neglect, that, that it has a seat at the table because as you said so beautifully, and that's actually one thing that I teach you as well, is that your superpower comes from your biggest wounds. And be cognizant of that and not so much put it in the, in the back seat and then yeah. suppress it. I do wanted to ask you about that too because there's a phrase that we hear a lot too is what you focus on expands. What I'm hearing you say is not to focus on the core wounds, rather it's just to be cognizant that it's there, yeah. that you don't ignore. Is that correct? And therapeutically, they say move from cure mm-hmm. to care. Mm-hmm. There are some things you're not going to cure. Mm-hmm. They're there. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of us, it's a father wound mm-hmm. or it's a poverty wound mm-hmm. or it's, you know, any number of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and, until we have achieved some enlightenment state, right? And in, to enlighten is to put light mm-hmm. to into the shadow, yeah. right? to illuminate. Yeah. And, and usually just the act of um, illuminating something takes its power away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the analogy of uh, when you see horror movies, mm-hmm. like the scary movies, they, they don't show you the monster. Do you still watch horror movies? Speaking Not a which, lot. Okay. I don't watch a lot of movies in general. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, they intentionally don't show you the monster mm-hmm. because it's not scary once you've seen it. Mm. Right. That's the illumination process. Mm-hmm. When you hear the monster, mm-hmm. when you just hear its footsteps or you hear the claws going across the wall mm-hmm. in the dark, mm-hmm. down in the, down the stairs, that's what gives you the, a sense of dread. Mm-hmm. It's crippling. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, at some point, you see the monster. Mm-hmm. And initially, it's quite shocking. You go, oh, it has teeth and claws and it's disfigured and how terrifying. And then very quickly, you, it immediately goes to, well, if I had an axe, yeah. and why don't you just shoot it? <laughs> and then once you've shot it, take its head off. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's no longer scary. Mm-hmm. It's still a monster. Mm-hmm. But it's, then it's like, now I get to engage with it. I know how to beat it. Mm-hmm. And mythology doesn't, exist to teach us that there are monsters. Mm-hmm. We know there are monsters. Mm-hmm. Mythology exists to teach us that the monsters can be beaten. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the story is that inspires you and m- makes sense for you, at the core of it is the fact that we can beat the monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me actually, let me ask you this. So is the mental model in your mind to combat it, to beat it, to conquer the 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 demons, the wounds, the monsters. It's just to illuminate it. To illuminate. Okay, yeah. good. I just want to underline that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because that's actually something that when I talk to people, they are dealing with some kind of inner shame or guilt or demon or the past, the sort of past that they're not so proud of. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that we try to do inside of just illuminate it. They will want to beat it. And trying to force, trying to like make it into a adversarial relationship, yeah. in my mind, it's not so productive. I because agree. now you're just putting more energy into something that's not necessarily helpful. So what's better? Um, what is better than killing your dragon? In my mind? Yeah. In my mind, it's integration. Because it has so but much... In the story, mm-hmm. like if you're the hero, mm-hmm. and there's this, this just terrifying, powerful dragon... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's better than actually killing the dragon? Do you tame it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually use it. Ride that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Now all of a sudden, you are in charge of this incredible beast that can burn down castle. Like you are now the dragon lord, right? Mm-hmm. So killing the dragon, you know that that's um, that's kind of an old school approach mm-hmm. to um, locking down. Um, you cage your addictions mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know limit and control and master yeah use your willpower to yeah. do all that right yeah Will, willpower doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm very much the same boat yeah yeah so uh i'm i'm riding my dragons mm-hmm. so when i say uh, you know i'm an addict mm-hmm. i'm just very careful about what i uh, uh, where i point my addictions mm-hmm. because i'm going to be an addict until mm-hmm. i die mm-hmm. 
I just don't want, I want to make sure that, and it still creeps in. I, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my family last night about social media mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and I do need to be on social media. There are a lot of clients that don't even email me or call me. Mm-hmm. They just look me up on social media and mm-hmm. send me a message. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's how I guess we're communicating now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I need to be relevant and engaged in the world. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden I'm in the pit mm-hmm. with the dragons. Mm-hmm. And if you want to dive deeper into the Noble Warrior experience, go to noblewarrior.com forward slash belief. To get one of the most powerful techniques I've learned to remove limiting beliefs in less than 10 minutes without years of therapy or affirmations, go to noblewarrior.com forward slash belief. And so, you know, it will forever for, you know, for me be a struggle with my addictions and, and social media is one of those where not only is there and it's built Mm -hmm. to drive addiction, Mm -hmm. it's a dopamine delivery system. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's basically just like having a cigarette every time you open mm-hmm. you know, Instagram. Mm-hmm. That little like or follow or comment, mm-hmm. that's a literal dopamine hit mm-hmm. that is the same thing that you get when you're on heroin. Mm-hmm. It's the exact, your brain thinks of it exactly the same. And um, so for me and for a lot of the people who are dealing with inadequacy issues, it's a, that's the double whammy. It's mm-hmm. a two headed hydra because you're mm-hmm. addicted and then you're getting external validation. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, okay. So someone who's dealing with this, they are aware that, Hey, I'm now addicted to social media. I, I look at my Facebook follower accounts. I, but then they can rationalize. Well, this is what I do. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I'm right. a philosopher. I'm yeah. a consultant. I need to be aware of this. How do you suggest? that they can use it in a way that's useful for them. Yeah. Um, again, the illumin- that illumination process mm-hmm. of, you know, utilize your you know, FaceTime count, your uh, screen time counters, mm-hmm. be aware of staying off of the, the main news feed, mm-hmm. uh, curate your, um, your contact list. Mm-hmm. Don't just say yes to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of ways that, you can train the dragon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, take advantage of all of them. So segue a little bit about this whole world of suffering. One of the uh, insights that I have personally from uh, plant medicine ceremonies is that I'm actually a little bit addicted to suffer. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I rationalize, well, you know, I like it because on the other side of suffering is growth. But at the same time, I also very, very am aware that by being addicted to constantly quote unquote suffering, I just don't live a good life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you actually balance the, yes, being aware of the legitimate suffering and not to uh, dwell in the illegitimate suffering. At the same time, you don't actually go out and look for more suffering opportunities. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that? Um, <clears throat> The hero's journey um, cycle requires us to go back home again. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of, um, ye- not just young people, but I'm calling young people who have been uh, cut their teeth or been immersed in personal growth. Mm-hmm. And the function of personal growth, which is um, intentional suffering, mm-hmm. is 
to, again, illuminate the shadow, explore the pain, um, transform yourself. There's a whole bunch of pieces for that. Mm -hmm. But it's not designed to be a way of life. Mm -hmm. It's designed to be a transition to come back home again. Mm. Like we have to um, go through that dark koi fish, which is chaos and uh, the unknown. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a that's part of transformation. But we're designed to go back to the white koi fish, which is structure mm -hmm. and control mm -hmm. and bringing bringing the lessons back home again. Mm -hmm. And so, at some point, we need to go back to that place where there is structure and there is growth and there is um, integration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's probably the big, the, the, the key word is unless it's being integrated, then it's almost inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And the, a lot of, a lot of, um, I'm not going to say um, just in the men's work field, this is uh, people who are addicted to personal growth mm -hmm. who keep going back into um, uh, rehabs mm -hmm. They are addicted to being in chaos. They're mm. addicted to that. Um, and returning back home again has its own threshold to cross. Mm -hmm. And each time we cross a threshold into a, a new phase, mm -hmm. there is a threshold guardian. This is one of those um, mythological terms that there's something there to stop us from going home. There's mm -hmm. something there to stop us from leaving home. Mm -hmm. And... So for many people who are addicted to suffering or addicted to endless personal growth workshops, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the threshold guardian might be, um, what, what do I now have to do? Mm -hmm. What is my duty? Mm -hmm. I, and a lot of times we don't want to pick up that, that rock mm -hmm. of, of duty and mm -hmm. service mm -hmm. and um, integration back into our communities and our families and our careers. I'd rather stay in that chaotic place where it's it's a um it's almost academic mm -hmm. it's experiential it's not real it has not been integrated and tested in the real world it as in what the learning mm -hmm. the growth mm -hmm. the transformation mm -hmm. all of that work that we're doing needs to then at some point land in the real world where it's making um a company better mm -hmm. or it's making a community better or my family is more vital and functional. Mm -hmm. My bank account is higher. Mm -hmm. I'm physically healthier. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having a better relationship with my wife. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to actually land in the real world. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just an academic, mm -hmm. just masturbating endlessly. Mm -hmm. Like at some point, you need to go back and land it in the real world. And there's, there is a, a reality to that of, what if it didn't work? Mm -hmm. What if it's not real? Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a whole industry, a self-serving industry of people who are um, validating each other to stay in that cycle of endless healing. Mm -hmm. That yep. is their wound. Yep. To endlessly heal yep. is your wound. Yep. It's like, well, you've now confused illegitimate suffering with just suffering. Right. You know, just go back and have some clean suffering. Right. And... Do the things you have to do. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I that I share to my audience is that uh, definitely heal and heal enough such that you have mobility. Once you have mobility, once you're unstuck, then bring into your life, into your business, into your relationship. It's not the 
let me heal to the nth degree to the end because you never find the end you can always keep pulling there's always more thing to heal at the same time it's just heal enough where you have mobility and then you can just bring it out to the world into your world right so i wanted to actually uh, segue a little bit to the corporate work that you do because mm-hmm. one thing that i that i see is for the founders business owners who are addicted to the suffering part they always want to essentially yeah my business is doing really great but let me go find something and then fuck it up so that I can actually go back to the suffering part again. Yeah. So say a little bit more about how do you actually bring awareness to founders, entrepreneurs, business owners who are may or may not be aware this is something that they are dealing with and then now they're bringing it into their corporate culture. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. A um, couple things. Culturally, the world mirrors the same thing as our individual journey mm-hmm. like our corporations are just a collective mm-hmm. of the dysfunction of our individual journeys mm-hmm. and so that has paralleled my awareness of everybody is got these big challenges mm-hmm. everyone humanity does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so don't feel bad if you have not answered the call we all refuse the call mm-hmm. and that's why it's built into the 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 hero's journey mythological cycle mm-hmm. that every single hero mm-hmm. refuses refuse they they fail and they they you know they reject all of those calls to adventure mm-hmm. and so that exists in the story cycle to absolve us of the guilt and the shame that we're not doing what we need to be doing um so that's universal and when i when I started moving into the leadership world in a professional capacity and I get to work with all of the dream companies you'd like to work with. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I work at Red Bull with Apple, with mm-hmm. SpaceX, mm-hmm. with, you know, Fox pick. I mean, I work with the kind of who's who of people. Right. And they are also saddled with the same exact things mm-hmm. that every other industry is. You mean, so the romantic idea that, oh, all these uh, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies yeah. have it all got together. Yes. If I can just make it to Snapchat, right. if I can just get into, you know, you fill in the blank, I will have arrived at Gondor, <laughs> which is the, the castle <laughs> on the hill where everybody's beautiful. Happily ever after. Yeah, no and, one has any and problems and conflicts. And they're, yeah. you know, healthy and, and aspirational and... No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And if you, again, at some point, if you're either lucky or unlucky enough to meet very, very wealthy people, they're less happy than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with famous people. Mm-hmm. Well, yep, they're just people who have the same, same, you know, there, there is no magic bullet for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean there's no to, arrival? Yeah, there's, there's no, I, you know, I've, <laughs> I finally, you know, entered nirvana or what so that was a very healing um awareness for me mm-hmm. because it makes you now start going okay so i'm not getting out of this mm-hmm. so now i get to deal with that this actual thing mm-hmm. and this is true for all of our careers and our personal journeys and if if you think that when once you've made your money or gotten your fame 
or arrived at your career that you will have made it. That's this, the beginning, mm -hmm. the, the journey continues, mm -hmm. the, that endless heroic cycle. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's a good piece. And there are many individual um, business leaders and corporations that are stuck in the, the paralysis of they can't change. They mm -hmm. won't change. Mm -hmm. So they're in that top of the hero's journey cycle, which I would call the, the, the white koi fish of, of, of mastery and structure mm -hmm. that they're um, so rigid and so locked in, they can't move mm -hmm. and they need to go on their journey. They need to be broken mm -hmm. and they need to burn to death. Mm -hmm. They need to go have some large transitions. So what do you do to the, help them? Well, yeah, those are, those are ones that are, they're tough. You have to kind of baby step them in. Mm. Um, there's a wonderful Roman quote that says, fate guides those who will, mm -hmm. and those who won't, she drags. Mm. So it's so whether you like it or not, you're coming. You're going. Yeah. And <laughs> so th there are people who are, um, you know, power players who have got a measure of success mm -hmm. and you will fight to keep that success. Mm -hmm. And, and in many ways, being successful is in some ways kind of a curse because it stops the growth process. Mm -hmm, right. And um, the burden of success, as they say, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And what, what there's a fluidity to sustainable ongoing growth because you acknowledge that I, I have to go into the unknown. I have to suffer and then I have to come back home again and integrate. And then I have to be mindful and vigilant about getting paralyzed in that because I have to do it again. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, that cycle is never ending. Ideally it is an upward cycle mm -hmm. so that it's going quicker and easier and less painful. Mm. Actually, can you differentiate the downward and then upward? What do you mean by that? Um, I'm in my mind, uh, I'm looking at the yin yang, mm -hmm. um, the, the duality, the mm -hmm. uh, 5,000 year old, you know, Asian symbol of, of, um, duality, right? Mm -hmm. That the, it, the, all things will be structured into a duality system. Mm -hmm. And the white koi fish on top mm -hmm. is the known world. Mm -hmm. It's mastery and it's structure and it's the known. And then the dark koi fish is that swirl on the bottom, which is the unknown. It's mystical. It's magical. It's chaos. Mm -hmm. It's feminine. Mm. So, um, structure and control is traditionally very masculine. Mm -hmm. Like we want to conquer mm -hmm. and we want to build and mm -hmm. we want to solidify. Mm -hmm. Concretize, right? Yeah. And feminine wants to dissolve. Mm -hmm. It wants to, um, transform. It wants to cycle. Mm -hmm. Like there's, and we need both. They both work together. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, just so that the audience is being aware, you're not talking about gender, right? You're talking about energetics. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It shows up in gender, mm -hmm. right? I mean, traditionally, uh, we will see that through, um, you know, in different industries, there are certain industries that are very masculine mm -hmm. and they attract men. Mm -hmm. um, engineering, for example, mm -hmm. 
engineering is everything that we talked about in that white koi fish. Mm-hmm. It's structure, mm-hmm. it's control, mm-hmm. it's limit variables, it's, you know, all those pieces. And then you get, and you look at some of the industries, um, a lot of healthcare, a lot of therapeutics, a lot of teaching. That is inherently, and it, that women dominate those fields. Mm. And they're all about change and growth mm-hmm. and transformation and humanity and accepting uh, the variables that are inherent mm-hmm. in our journey. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is an energetic variable, but it is expressed through our society in many different ways, which can be um, gender related as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to, to, to go in there in, the, in that position. All's well. Yeah, it's perfect. So, um, okay. So you, 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 help the leaders understand that this is a constant cycle yeah you help them understand that hey if you're stagnant um there's no need there's no use to try to strongman and con- trying to control everything yeah. um so then tactically how do you introduce the idea of you say baby steps right so what are some of the baby steps that you help them with um there's a this is i have a pretty broad arsenal of mm-hmm. tools to mm-hmm. be able to take people um, through a process mm-hmm. and um, one of them and, th- and this is one of the core lessons that um, I will do with Zen archery and Zen archery is an, a thousand year old um, system of use, using um, archery as a means of exploring this same cycle mm-hmm. and um, in the heart of Zen archery is the distinction between um, concentration and focus. Mm-hmm. And um, concentration is the act of gathering. Mm-hmm. It's, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. You are, when, when we're in the process of, of gathering, you will, part of the thing you're gathering is inherently variables. Mm-hmm. You're gathering people, mm-hmm. inspiration, ideas, um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I equate that to hunting. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing when, um, like, when things are get somewhat limited, and I'm being paralyzed, and I feel like I can't move, and I'm uh, being marginalized. Mm-hmm. I need to open my aperture so that I can start gathering more opportunities and more perspectives mm-hmm. and more um, opportunities for um, growth and transformation. All of that stuff has mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, focus is subtractive mm-hmm. it means i'm getting rid of my variables mm-hmm. i mean i'm shutting down um all these browser windows mm-hmm. so that i can get all my ram on a singular point mm-hmm. it is saying no to 10 different projects that i'm trying to do all at once mm-hmm. and none of them are really moving because i'm spread so thin mm-hmm. then it's time to focus mm-hmm. and my jujitsu coach um it very succinctly said concentration is for hunting and focus is for killing. Mm. And there are times for each one of those things. Mm. When we are in structure, when we are in um, a place where we need to grow, mm-hmm. open the aperture, go hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some uncertainty in hunting. Mm-hmm. You actually have to um, look around at the different variable options and see what's out there. Mm-hmm. You're not um, targeting a single thing. Mm-hmm. When we are in that place, we're being overwhelmed by chaos. We're mm-hmm. drowning mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in options. I'm 
I'm um, not able to pick a single um, committed course to mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. That's time to now move to focus. Mm-hmm. Move, pick a pick a single thing, mm-hmm. and and that will get you unstuck. Mm-hmm. It'll get you momentum. It'll get you results. Mm-hmm. And that's the killing portion. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Now, that's a really beautiful mental model that you just share. So let me reiterate what you just said. Okay. I'm, I'm that guy who's like, let me, that was really important. Let me underline that. Well, if I, we had a flip chart and then we could really be, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's very great. visual for me. So if you're stagnant, yep. if you're stagnant, if you're cruising, it's time to open more windows mm. so you can broaden, get like hunting. actually get different perspectives. Yeah. Right. Do an ayahuasca ceremony is an example of that. Absolutely. Right. But then if you're overwhelmed, if you're spread too thin, it's time to close your windows mm-hmm. and double down on one or two of the things yep. so that you can go and kill. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, I'll, and back to your point of I'm stuck in sometimes in too much self-created suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, that means I'm, I am, I'm stuck in um, the chaos of hunting. I'm endlessly hunting. And, and we can't hunt endlessly. Mm-hmm. We starve to death. Mm. At some point, we got to pick an animal and go kill it. Mm-hmm. Pick a pick a career mm-hmm. and commit to it. Mm-hmm. Pick a partner mm-hmm. and commit to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and um, I see a lot of people who are afraid to commit to it because what if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Then you go hunting again. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to take a shot mm-hmm. at the end zone at the elk at the paycheck, at that partner. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to do that, which is inherently what a lot of people are afraid of. Of Number one, what if I succeed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Number two, what if I don't succeed? Mm-hmm. And then the more important one that most people don't even realize is what is it going to require from me? Mm-hmm. Because we all know what it's going to take to pull down that big elk mm-hmm. and be successful. We all know. Mm-hmm. I mean... If you're in, the, if you're a relevant person right now, you're swimming in personal growth, um, five lessons of success and get up early and don't eat this and mm-hmm. network. I mean, we know what we have to do. Um, what is, what is it going to take? Mm-hmm. It's going to take a bunch of you dying. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, um, aren't prepared to do that and primarily because they don't have a community that mm-hmm. will push them across the finish line okay so actually on that note this is a really important point how do you what are some of the criteria that you advise your clients and people who are listening to this what are your criteria for community yeah um this is the the root cause of most of our suffering today mm-hmm. is the lack of belonging the lack of kinship, mm-hmm. the lack of an intact community. Mm-hmm. We're in the same way that we are um, drowning in knowledge. We're drowning it. Uh, in fact, I would recommend most people stop reading, mm-hmm. stop going to workshops, mm-hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, you already have all the things you need to know. Mm-hmm. Just now integrate it, mm-hmm. do the work. Mm-hmm. And and stop grabbing. You mean there is no magic solution to my problems that I can? <laughs> you already for? have the magic solution. Okay. It's like you don't need somebody else's new list of five things to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 
I'm, it just makes my eyes roll to, ha- to hear a new personal growth person on the scene going, here's my three lessons of success. This will mm-hmm. change your life. I'm like, it's the same thing that Aristotle said mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we just are rehashing the same thing over and over. We're just not turning that knowledge into wisdom. Mm-hmm. The application or the integration of knowledge is, is wisdom. Mm-hmm. So in that same way, we are drowning in connections and Facebook friends and um, networking, mm-hmm. but we don't have any quality. We don't have any kin, kinfolk. Mm-hmm. And my definition of that is um, kinship are the people that share three big things. Okay. Let's hear um, they share a... In the corporate world, they would be called your your vision, which is why am I doing this job? Mm-hmm. Why am I in this industry? Mm-hmm. That's your that's the vision. Mm-hmm. They share your mission, which is what am I working on? And then you share collective corporate values, which is how we conduct the mission, mm-hmm. which moves us toward our vision. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's the corporate language that everybody's kind of familiar with. From a from a community standpoint, mm-hmm. that vision is your purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and again, way overutilized word. I just saw you kind of roll your eyes a little no, bit. No, no, no. I'm smiling. Like, no, I'm I know. Smiling. Purpose yeah. is a yeah. is one of those. I love purpose. Yeah, let's talk about it. We all love purpose. Yeah, it's a little overused these days, but it is, um, you know, that big why that gets you up in the morning, and and it's the thing that defines us. And back in previous eras, that that purpose was already established for you mm-hmm. you know you didn't have to float mm-hmm. for decades to find your purpose mm-hmm. because when you are born into an established kinship system that's already established mm-hmm. just as um what are we working on like what is our tribe about mm-hmm. like we we fish and we do these things or mm-hmm. we fight wars or we hunt mm-hmm. or we we raise cattle like the Messiah. like we know what we do right and then we also are designed to be born into kinship systems where we have shared values. Mm. Like we, you know, we, we do this, we don't do this, da, 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 da. Mm. And when you become a man, uh, you get to play like a little boy until you, you know, you hit that marker where all the other men take you out in the woods and they kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, they kill the boy in you. I got you. That's the initiation process. Mm-hmm. And you can't become a man until you die. Mm-hmm. And, um, no matter how nihilistic you are, we cannot psychologically kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many workshops you go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, our community um, are the people that push us across the finish line mm-hmm. to dying appropriately mm-hmm. and being reborn. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have that community mm-hmm. that shares your your purpose and your success and your values. Like if you don't have that collection of people that are invested in you because you are part of them, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's why they'll do it. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of I'm doing this because I'm being paid to, Mm -hmm. or I'm doing this because you're a good guy. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do this because you're part of me. Mm -hmm. Like we're part of the same family tribe, um, men's group, like, we we are that thing, mm-hmm. and that's the definition of heroism. Mm. Um, 
heroism only exists in honor-based cultures. Mm. Um, and I would challenge anybody listening right now to think about a heroic act. Mm-hmm. It was done for the sake of other people, mm. always. Heroism is always done for the sake of some people who are in our tribe. Right? That's, that's why you run into the burning building. It's why you throw yourself on the grenade. It's why you do that altruistic thing. And, um, and so in our culture where we are uh, in Los Angeles here, we're 10 million chips of stained glass mm-hmm. floating around. Mm-hmm. And we, that's just garbage until it's put in a stained glass window. Mm-hmm. So what's the window? Mm-hmm. You know, who defines the window? Mm-hmm. Who, who puts those pieces together? And, and all of a sudden, when you know what your place is in that beautiful church window, you have, you have meaning, you have purpose, you understand, you know, you're conveying something that's larger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And we, that's the big struggle today. Mm-hmm. of of our species mm-hmm. uh it's causing uh all of our all of our diseases mm-hmm. come from isolation mm-hmm. and even when we look at uh, um blue zones which is the the communities where globally people live the longest mm-hmm. has nothing to do with lifestyle mm-hmm. has nothing to do with diet mm-hmm. it, 100% it's about are they part of an intact community where they um, look at each other as extensions of themselves? And in African, the word is umbutu, mm-hmm. which is I am because we are. Mm-hmm. That, that's, the, that's the core operating system of our species. Mm-hmm. And yet now we are you know, forced into a lone wolf operating system where we have to go hunt individually mm-hmm. our well-being, our careers, our purpose, our meaning. And it's, it is a, a lift that is almost unsustainable. So tactically speaking, mm-hmm. right? Say someone who already know their purpose, see someone who already knows their uh, values, and they may or may not, they're in the space of looking for the next mission, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. So tactically speaking, how would you advise them to find the community that they feel most resonant with? Yeah. Um, Go where those people are. Mm-hmm. Where are those people um, living? Mm-hmm. Where, what are they doing? Geo- geographically. Um, I don't mean living in terms of where the, their address is. Mm-hmm. What are they doing, mm-hmm. those people? Mm-hmm. And I would venture to say that, um, for example, in the, the, the men's field, men's work field right now, mm-hmm. when you're looking at Honor-based men mm-hmm. who are about growth and service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're handi- they're only there's only a few places those men congregate. N- name a few, please. Jiu-jitsu schools. Mm. Go to a jiu-jitsu school. Mm-hmm. You will find those men. Mm. Um, first responders. Mm. Um, purpose-driven honor code men mm-hmm. uh, are going to gravitate towards. Uh, positions of service mm-hmm. and it won't be esoteric service mm-hmm. it's real service mm-hmm. it's not dark koi fish i'm i'm an activist on instagram mm-hmm. you're not an activist mm-hmm. you're 
talking about being an activist. Mm-hmm. An activist is somebody who actually makes a sign and goes out and protests, mm-hmm. and even more so, goes out and actually does the thing. Mm-hmm. That's an activist. Mm-hmm. So. People who are claiming that they're warriors mm-hmm. and yet they are not putting themselves on the line, mm. you're not a warrior. Mm. That's a um, that's a misappropriation mm. in the same way that you're not a shaman. Mm-hmm. And to say that you're to have um, people self-proclaimed as I'm a shaman and I'm a warrior, you don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. Those are both very um, weighty titles. Mm. And I wouldn't, I'm not proclaiming I'm either one of those Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I I don't deserve it. I'm not living the life of either one of those things. Mm. Um, How would you, how do you call yourself? If you have to label it. That's a good question. Yeah, if you have to label it, how would you call yourself? Um, I have been, uh, I think I'm a navigator. I help people navigate Mm -hmm. through um, their journeys Mm -hmm. and I provide them um, maps and mm-hmm. perspectives and mm-hmm. a compass and tools mm-hmm. maybe um, help them pick a star to navigate off of and mm-hmm. give them some of the um, abilities to be able to do that skillfully mm-hmm. so I was a warrior at one point mm-hmm. but the the warriors are the people who are putting themselves on the line for the sake of others mm-hmm. and you know every teacher in a tough neighborhood you know, go to a school down in Compton. Mm. Those teachers are warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, cops are warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the people who are uh, the the people who actually went to Standing Rock mm-hmm. and got in front of the fire hoses mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. That's a warrior. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, if you're just attending endless workshops mm-hmm. to heal your shadows, mm-hmm. you're that's not the work. That's that's that prepares you. Mm-hmm. To actually go do the work, mm-hmm. right? It, that is that is the dojo training, practice, healing that prepares you to now mm-hmm. really go on the quest. Mm-hmm. That, but that's why we say we have to go home again. We at some point we have to find out where all of our skills actually come into play in the real world, mm-hmm. and then we discover, ooh, um, I actually didn't really have the things I needed. Now I go back to the dojo. Mm-hmm. I go back and do the healing. I go back and do the the, the shadow work. Well, those things are, but I have to go out in the field again mm-hmm. and find out what where is it um, landing in the real world. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, the the name of the podcast is called Noble Warrior. Mm. So this, def, this conversation definitely lands. And to me, my definition of a warrior is someone who conquers oneself. Who brings that who illuminates mm. the shadow within us such that we can be more effective in the world Allah externally and for the people who are listening a lot of them are entrepreneurs and to me they're putting themselves on the line to make the kind of impact they want to make whatever their purpose may be whatever their uh, mission may be whatever the company services or products they do and to me that's one is to be internally aware another is to be externally aware and actually put themselves on the line to create the kind of organization they wanted to cool to to um, propagate in the world yeah yeah um i use the word warrior a lot when dealing with the archetypes mm-hmm. and a warrior is somebody who is um, decisive mm-hmm. somebody who is willing to take risks mm-hmm. uh, those are this is that's a warrior energetic mm-hmm. it's a warrior role mm-hmm. um and so 
some of that is, is kind of a semantic piece. Mm-hmm. When I look at the self-proclaimed, um, like th- there's a certain credibility mm-hmm. of our warrior class people that are literally doing it. I see. They're the one, and and I think that we diminish mm-hmm. what their their sacrifice mm. when when we overuse the word warrior. Gotcha. In the same way, when I see, um, you know, God bless you, a lot of young, y'all young men wearing, you know, ponchos who have done one ayahuasca journey and now they're shaman. And I go, <laughs> you're, you're a practitioner. There's a lot of other things, mm-hmm. but I think that once, I think that the term shaman is something you earn. Mm. The connotation that comes with that word, the prestige, the, the, the training, the sacrifice that it requires warrior, shaman, these mm-hmm. type of things, yeah. from your point of view, holds a lot more importance than just the actual mechanics that you do. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And I, honestly, I think that the same thing is true with the word father. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you made a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, you know, a father is, and it's same. we can go all the way to man. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of biologically, you know, mature males mm-hmm. that are not men. Mm-hmm. I think there's, they're, they're, um, you know, boys masquerading as men. Mm. Can and you I, say a little bit more about what it takes? Like, what's your definition of a quote unquote man? Yeah. Um, I think a, the difference between a boy and a man mm-hmm. is the difference between a prince and a king. Okay. And a prince is somebody whose uh, needs come first. Mm-hmm. And a king is somebody who, um, the kingdom comes first mm. and they, if once you have put something else above you, mm-hmm. then you're a man mm. it, and th- that is service. Mm. And obviously you need to conduct enough self-care mm-hmm. and enough healing and that you can continue to serve, mm-hmm. which is, you know, for me, back to our initial conversation about growth and service. Mm-hmm. I spent most of my life in growth. Mm-hmm. And that is a very ad- that was a very adolescent journey. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was. And there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I encourage um, everyone to level up their own operating system and their own health and their resiliency and their knowledge. Like, yeah, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But only because it now... It provides a value, a service, um, and does something in the real world. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what the king does. The king has taken all of those, that divinity that we're born with, mm-hmm. and now is applying that divinity in the service of something else, whether it be people or a cause or a company. Mm-hmm. And the best bosses are that. Mm-hmm. They're yep. the ones that are, don't need the glory. Mm-hmm. They don't need the, they, they will shine light and bestow gold on everyone else. Mm-hmm. They will take the failures. A, a mature man, a king, uh, will own the failures, but they will give the successes. Mm. That, that's sacrifice. Mm. Sacrifice is sacred. It's the divinity. That's mm. the bridge between, you know, the, the, fa- you know, the father and the father. Mm. which is so let me ask you this so so for someone who is 
let's say, looking to join a company, mm -hmm. looking for the next career path, looking to find an investor, is there any litmus test where you can easily tell if someone who is more about themselves or more about being the king and actually be of service mm. for anyone that you engage in? Obviously, I'm not looking for a magic bullet, but if yeah. you do have a magic bullet, please share with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always know from a, uh, a limbic system two things when you meet someone. And are they competent? Mm -hmm. And are they warm? Are they warm? Warm. Meaning connected. Are they safe? Are they... Mm -hmm. That's what I would want. Yeah. So hot or cold, competent or incompetent. Mm. That we, we know that from just an animal, you know, just an animal place. Mm -hmm. And... And some of it is maybe the way they, they sit, the way they dress, the, may, the way they um, eye contact. There's a whole slew of things. And most of it is um, under the hood mm -hmm. in terms of our mirror neurons. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say limbic system. Mm -hmm. If somebody is warm and incompetent, mm -hmm. then they're kind of dismissible. Mm -hmm. If they're cold and incompetent, then it's somebody that is repellent. Mm. If they're warm and competent, that's an ally, mm. right? And that's, that, that's the people you're looking for. Mm -mm -mm. Now, if they're cold and competent, mm -hmm. that's somebody, that's a threat. Mm. So when, I guess when I first meet somebody, um, are they warm? Mm. Like, are they connected? Are they here? Mm -hmm. Are they safe? Mm -hmm. are, you know, it, are they a human? Mm -hmm. like, and I, you know, you know that you can, when you when somebody makes you coffee mm -hmm. at Starbucks, you know those two things mm -hmm. just by having five seconds with somebody who says hello. Mm -hmm. Can I take your order? Mm -hmm. You know if they're warm and if they're competent or incompetent. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, the the my baristas who are warm and competent. Mm -hmm. I very regularly give them a business card. Like, hey, if you're looking for, if you want to do something else, mm -hmm. it's a little bit, you know, more suitable for the skills that you've established in your life, mm -hmm. come talk to me. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of um, young people that have, that now work with me mm -hmm. that are that. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're meeting somebody, that's a good place to start mm -hmm. is um, find the people who are, warm and competent. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So one of the things that impressed me most when I engaged with the K4 group as well as you personally is how much space you provide others to step up and then really shine their light. Mm. Can you share with us a little bit about if at the end of your life, Philip Folsom, a full and very rich and successful life, when you look back on it, how would you measure your impact? Is there a specific metrics you're looking at? That's a really good question. Wow. Um, <clears throat> like legacy. Okay. Is that it? Is that kind of the legacy question? No, not necessarily. But mm -hmm. like, what do you measure? So, uh, yeah, how would you, like, let's say you live a rich and fulfilling life, mm -hmm. right? And then before you breathe your last breath, what would have you go, wow, that, what a life that I live. I want to have moved our conversation forward. Mm. 
And by a conversation, I mean our human conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that, I don't remember who said it, that we're the universe becoming aware. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, we are bringing self-awareness mm-hmm. into the universe. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the, the nut in a lot of our mythologies. It's Prometheus. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing the fire of the gods down to humans. That, that's the ability to intentionally engage with the world and mm-hmm. get intentionally manipulate energy. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a brand new thing. Uh, so we're no longer evolving physically. We don't have time. Mm-hmm. We, if we're going to save our asses, we're going to evolve culturally. Mm-hmm. And, I, I would measure the success of my career in life. Um, did I promote, accelerate, and shape this human journey? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So the, we have a few more minutes left. So I'd love to do a rapid-fire question, if you don't mind. Okay. So what are some of the things that you recommend people do in terms of their morning rituals, in terms of their... Hey, all right, I'm on this human journey. I'm going through wherever I'm going through, whether it be the light side of the, the, the koi fish or the dark side of the koi fish, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And I'm intending to live a more meaningful and purposeful life, embrace all of it. Are there any specific uh, morning rituals, evening rituals, mm-hmm. books, anything like that that you can share with us tactically so that way they can... Being inspired by your story, but also also yeah. go out and implement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'll give you my. I have a really tight morning ritual. Great. I'm going to rattle that off to you. Let's do it. And then I'll I'll give you half a dozen books. Awesome. That's kind of. Let's do that. That's what I can do. That's what I got for you. Let's do that. Um, so I wake up every morning at 5:30. I have to do all of my self care and development before the world has its way with me, hmm. because the moment that I have interfaced my transmission with the world. I am now just a, a, a regular squirrel, just chasing a chasing a nut. That's and so for all of us, we need to do our own work in those quiet hours before you have to wake your kids up, before you have to open your social media, before you check your emails, like before the world has its way with you. Mm. I love so, the way you phrase it: "Before the world has its way with you." So um, I drink uh, like a kind of this weird tonic thing in the morning, which has to, which has turmeric for anti-inflammation. It has um, apple cider vinegar for you know gut health. Some other stuff, right? Um, you can email me for the recipe. And then I do bulletproof coffee. Then I do more, my mobility and stretching. I Any meditate. specific type of stretching? Mobility. Just any oh. any specific movement? Uh, I have a little sequence that works for me. I mean, it's probably um, a little chunk of yoga stuff that downward dogs and, you know, some basic cat-cow mobility stuff. Gotcha. I meditate for 23 minutes. Any specific kind of meditation? Um, I do bare attention meditation, which is uh, I count my breaths. Mm-hmm. And the... Count and your breath is the um, probably the this weird unique connection between your um, 
autonomic nervous system. Mm. Yeah, we're not, we haven't thought about our breaths once in the last hour mm. and it just happens magically. Mm -hmm. But when you told me earlier, take a deep breath, I was able to now be conscious and, and be very intentional with my life. Mm -hmm. So the breath is a, a, not only a practical, but also a philosophical mm. bridge between mm. um, what we would do automatically as an animal mm -hmm. and what we can do intentionally mm. as a divine creature. Mm. So counting breaths is an access point for that mm -hmm. um, division. And I uh, am watching for the three things that will hijack me and create my reality, which are my thoughts, my sensations, and my emotions. Mm -hmm. Those, that's what creates the totality of a human life. And the moment I become identified by one of those things, then I become that thing. Mm -hmm. I become somebody who's having an emotion. I'm angry, or I'm insecure, or I'm depressed, or I'm somebody who is thinking about things, and what do I have to do today? And am I impressive in this podcast? Am I using, are the words too big? Am I speaking too fast? And then my sensations are, um, I have to itch, I have to fidget, my back hurts. So these are what creates our reality. And um, bare attention meditation is simply uh, being vigilant um, to choose out of any of those three things. Choose out. M meaning I count my breaths until I get distracted. Mm. I never get past three, mm. ever. Mm. And I've meditated for years and years. Mm. So I will, go, I will count one breath, two breaths, and then I'll move. Mm -hmm. Or I'll go, oh, I got to remember to call my dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to remember to, oh, I just got distracted. Mm -hmm. One. Mm -hmm. So in the course of my 23 minutes of meditating, I... Um, become disidentified or become the witness of my true self a mm. hundred times, mm. maybe more. Mm -hmm. And those repetitions have built a channel or a groove in my soul mm -hmm. that when I'm driving my car and somebody flips me off, I don't react to that mm -hmm. because I just go one mm -hmm. and I take a breath. Mm. And now all of a sudden I'm the witness of myself mm -hmm. and I can choose to get triggered and flip that person back off or wave at them or apologize or ignore. But meditation gives you the, gives me the manual controls of my life. Mm. And I, and I um, look at that as one of the anchors of my well-being. And I do that before the world has its way with me. Cause if I try to meditate when it's convenient during the day, I never do. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with exercise and with uh, journaling. I will try to do all those things before I get hammered by the world. Mm -hmm. And at, at some point, the more people start doing their intentional morning rituals, they kind of get longer and longer and longer, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why, you know, monks wake up at three o'clock in the morning because mm -hmm. you, you know, you have to do all those things before you sweep the temple. Mm -hmm. The moment you start doing the world, it's pretty hard to do, you know, to mm -hmm. develop yourself because you're, then you're in service at that point, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is mm. good, normal, great. Mm -hmm. And I want to be in service the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. but so you do self-care first yeah. before you be in service. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's growth service. Mm -hmm. I grow in the morning. I serve the rest of the day.
Gotcha. It's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, books. Mm-hmm. So that's my morning ritual. Uh, my uh, Mostly men, not men? Uh, both. Mixed. Yeah. Mixed bag. Yes. Okay. Men, um, three, three core pieces of literature that I think we should be required to read just to even maintain our man card. It's like a license. Um, Iron John, Robert mm-hmm. Bly, mm-hmm. King, Warrior, Magician, Lover by Dr. Moore and Dr. Gillette, and uh, anything by Joseph Campbell. Mm. Power of Myth, that's mm. a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, Power of Myth is um, gender neutral, and that's just a masterwork. And for the ladies... Actually, before you move on, yeah. so because you had talked about your anthropologist and you alluded to many of the story archetypes, mm-hmm. how do you think having that story archetypes be useful in our day-to-day life and, and help us navigate this human journey? Yeah. Can you tell, tell us a little bit more about that? I don't know how much time we have. This is, this is a deep dive. Yeah, go you, for you it. Open the can of worms. Let's, let's do that. Let's do okay. that. Um, do. The hero's journey is also referred to as the mono myth, which is the plot line of every myth that we have ever told as a species. And if um, you, you take a look at the mythology of your choice, whether it be Norse or you know African, generally it's the same story over and over and over again with the same plot arc and usually consisting of about the same characters. And so... The question is, why do we keep telling this same story over and over again? Because that is um, the hardwired response that human beings have with the unknown. That's the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. It contains the psychological sequence and patterns that we all go through Mm -hmm. on a micro scale, which is this, this conversation had its hero's journey Mm -hmm. Um, to a daily hero's journey. Mm-hmm. to a, a week, a month, a project, um, ultimately a lifetime. Mm-hmm. We all go back home again. Mm-hmm. So instead of just um, moving through a completely uncharted, chaotic, um, almost meaningless journey mm-hmm. and overwhelming because mm-hmm. I have no idea where I am. I have no idea why this is happening to me. Um, I'm just raging against God in the universe. I'm like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. This is a good time. I hope it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a reason why you're suffering and the good times do stop. Mm -hmm. And so do the bad times because Mm -hmm. this is a cycle. Mm -hmm. And if we can become familiar with the hero's journey, it gives us our place in time. Mm -hmm. It gives us uh, a sense of understanding and meaning for what we're going through. It illuminates what has just happened and provides uh, a a meaning for that. And most importantly, it tells us what's coming. It tells Mm -hmm. us how to intentionally navigate whatever that next phase is, whether that be moving into chaos Mm -hmm. or moving back home again and serving. Mm -hmm. So the hero's journey is one of what I refer to as a master map. Mm -hmm. And I think there's three master maps that I have discovered over the last 30 years and and that's one of them. And it is um, probably the subject of a whole other conversation. It's a deep dive. Mm. 
well, you can't just say three maps and share one. Uh, what are the two other maps? And that was like a teaser. <laughs> okay, um, Heroes Journey 1, the, um, the archetypes of humanity are mm. two. And the archetypes of humanity are what I alluded to with that king, warrior, magician, mm. lover. Um, those are the four behavioral categories that mm. all humanity falls into. One of those four things. Mm. They are Those four buckets are created by the two big psychological drivers that all humans need. One is uh, connection, which is a continuum. There are high connection people and low connection people. And then there's the continuum of the other axis, which is Carl Jung refers to as struggle. Mm. And struggle is how much um, assertiveness, how much need do we have to explore and express. Uh, It's almost the axis between peace and power. Mm -hmm. And where individuals fall on those two axes places us in one of those particular behavioral buckets, which again, in mythology, define the role that you play in our tribe. Mm. We have our visionary leaders who are creative. They're artists. They are oftentimes distracted. They say yes to too many things. Mm -hmm. Those are the Kings and the Queens. Mm -hmm. They're balanced out by the, low connection, low struggle people who are the watchers, the observers, the synthesizers, the craftspeople of Mm -hmm. our tribe. And those are the shamans. Mm -hmm. Those are the magicians. Mm -hmm. Those are the, the oracles. Mm -hmm. Kings and Queens need magicians. Mm -hmm. Magicians need Kings and Queens. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that polarity needs to exist. And then the other two are the low, connection high struggle category which i'm in right now in my life Mm -hmm. Uh, those are the warriors Mm -hmm. they're the decisive drivers of um movement Mm -hmm. and activity Mm -hmm. and projects Mm -hmm. Um, these those are balanced out by the high connection and low struggle people who are the lovers the best friends Mm -hmm. the allies Mm -hmm. um and so understanding those allows you on an intra-personal level, which is within myself, mm-hmm. the ability to be decisive um, and diverse in my behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to war with everybody. I can intentionally choose to be more of a connector and a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get run over. I don't want to be um, taken advantage of. I don't want to acquiesce. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to be more warrior. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to be more creative, mm-hmm. step into my king power. Mm-hmm. So those allow us to be able to be very versatile and very decisive about our behavior, mm-hmm. which is the human superpower. That's what Prometheus gave us. Mm-hmm. Here, control this flame. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. This is yours. Mm-hmm. You get to choose when, how, what we make our fire. Mm-hmm. All the other animals is like, holy shit, there's fire. Whoa, what is that? Mm-hmm. Humans... I get to go make a fire wherever I want. I get to make it as big as I want and I get to put it out when I want. Mm-hmm. The archetypes allow me to do that. They mm-hmm. like, they give me the map of intentionally navigating through behavior. Mm-hmm. The third big master map is how you sequentially and intentionally build your tribe. Mm. And it's not random. Mm. It's not just a matter of, I like these people. They're my tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, no. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a very structured approach. It is not created by humanity. 
Mm-hmm. It was, it is much older than that. And it's hierarchical and it starts with uh, an alignment base foundation. Mm-hmm. You have to do alignment first, whether that be with your significant other, your company, your hiring, your business plan, what alignment happens first. Mm-hmm. Alignment gives you kinship, mm-hmm. belonging, mm-hmm. your, your tribe. Mm-hmm. And once you have that in place, you automatically tip over into the ability to uh, skillfully navigate through conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the next level up, which is called accountability. It's in, it's the same hierarchical system in, um, sports psychology, um, Patrick Lencioni's business work, um, wolf behavior. It's all the same, same systems. And ultimately, once we've done all that work, then we, we reach the top of the pyramid, which is sustainable thriving. Mm. And each one of the categories, each one of those phases that um, we're, we're building is built on the foundation of the previous one and it automatically drives, um, the next one. So that's an, um, one of the master maps that I use with my corporate clients. Did you develop that yourself? Um, I, my particular genius is mm-hmm. the ability to synthesize other people's work. Mm-hmm. I try to cite it whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've probably plagiarized a hundred people in this conversation. Which mm-hmm. I wasn't able to, you know, to, to, to share all of that. There's very little that I have personally created. Um, but that tribe triangle is, probably the synthesized version of mine mm. and awesome. Patrick Lencioni has his own mm-hmm. any sports psychology has its own any elite military unit has its own mm-hmm. any wolf behaviorist mm-hmm. but if you layer all four of those things on top of each other mm-hmm. they're exactly the same Beautiful. and that was that's probably one of the things that that I bring to the table is um, the yin yang koi fish model mm-hmm. is not the hero's journey Mm. But I saw the hero's journey in that. Mm. And so that's, that's, that's my version of the hero's journey um, in the same way that the tribe triangle is obviously I have stood on the shoulders of giants, but I am seeing further. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And then, so book recommendations, finish it up, please. Oh, so I, I give you the guy ones, ladies, those yeah. are all great for you too. And many of them, for example, King warrior, magician, lover, it's about a book that was directed at a masculine audience, mm-hmm. but it contains the same information. Yeah. You just have to put W-O in front of man. Right. And then it's your book too. Yeah. Um, but the um, the core book that would be the bookend to Iron John, which is a book about men and male initiation, and uh, it's a initiation myth mm-hmm. explicated by Robert Bly. Mm-hmm. Um, the female version of that would be uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves. Mm. And it is a collection of female initiation stories. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a heavy lift. Mm. So for all you ladies who either have it and haven't started it, or <laughs> if you haven't gotten it yet, take your time on that one. Mm. It's, a chewy, it's a chewy read, mm. but chock full of goodness. Thank you so much, Philip. You dropped so many gems in this conversation. Um, yeah, it really requires listening to this conversation over and over again. Um, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you, brother. Okay.
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you. Thanks for um, providing a platform that we get to uh, illuminate and share that light. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to dive deeper into the Noble Warrior experience, go to noblewarrior.com forward slash belief to get one of the most powerful techniques I've learned to remove limiting beliefs in less than 10 minutes without years of therapy or affirmations. Go to noblewarrior.com forward slash belief.